Hey everybody, welcome back to On Deck. I'm Bill. That's Lloyd. Lloyd, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, man. It's it's the it's Friday. It's it's getting into the weekend. It is warming up and melting like you wouldn't believe here in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, I I'm I'm very very excited for spring, but mainly just because that's like one step closer to getting a Steam Deck in my hands. My my grubby <laughs> my grubby little paws. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 sad that we still only got one, but it, Lloyd is going to be making all kinds of videos as soon as he gets his hands on one. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of videos, this is episode 16 of On Deck. We've been doing this for a while now, and we have a, a bunch of stuff to talk about. Before we get to our show, uh, first off, we want to uh, take a second and say thank you to Saul Ram, uh, hopefully I said that right. They sent in a super chat during our previous episode, episode uh, 15. If you don't know, we record these shows ahead of time and then we do premieres on YouTube. And there's usually like hundreds of people that show up and chat in the live chat and talk about everything that we're we're talking about. And we're usually in there too, t- uh, talking back with them. And Saul Ram sent in a super chat during the last episode. He said, can you go over more details on the etched glass, and if it affects the display image quality. Great seeing you guys together. Love the content. Uh, so big big thank you uh, for the support. We really do appreciate it. Mm. Um, for those of you that don't know, the Steam Deck comes in three varieties. There's the 64-gigabyte variety, the 256, and the 512. All three of them are essentially the same outside of storage. Uh, the... 512 one however has etched glass and i don't know if i talked about it on the last episode but i'm gonna turn on my steam deck if you're listening to the show right now then you're not going to be able to really understand this but i'm gonna just open up my steam deck and put it on here now i have two very large brights uh brights lights pointing at me right now and as I move this back and forth, you can see how well the etched glass gets rid of that anti-glare because these lights are ridiculous. Uh, they're ridiculously bright lights. They're right in my face. That's what you do when you got a camera. You get big big lights in order to make things look nice. And the etched glass is really, like, you can, even with the direct reflection, you can still see what's going on underneath it. Now, right. Obviously, this is not the kind of thing that you're going to do. Like, you're not going to play like this, but it shows how good the etched glass is. As far as how it affects the display image, I can't really talk about that because we don't have access to a Steam Deck that doesn't have the etched glass. So, uh, until one of us has two Steam Decks in our hands... (laughs) One with etched glass and one without. There's no way for us to really answer that question. Sure. That being said, I assume there is some loss in visual quality to the to the the um you know how good the the screen looks because of the etched glass. But I think I'd prefer to have the anti glare. What What do you think, Lloyd? I know that you haven't seen it in person, but like, how do you feel about etched versus non-etched? Yeah, it, etched is definitely something newer. Like, if you hold up your Steam Deck and you hold up, like, your phone beside it, like, you, like your your phone is going to blind me. Your The Steam Deck, you see, it has that nice little kind of halo. Or, yeah, or the switch with the screen off. That would be that would be perfect. Or even with it on. Like, you can see how bright that light is. And then if you hold the Steam Deck at the same angle, maybe, um, you can see how it's kind of... Um, 
it, it it's not so bright and blinding. It, it's almost like it's it's more opaque. And uh, the way that that works is they're they're basically using lasers to draw etchings in the screen, but not in such a way that it is going to affect the picture. It affects it a little bit. Um, back like years ago, you a lot of computer makers would sell the, um, a matte screen or a glossy screen. So you can get glossy where everything is like super bright, but if you had a lot of lights around, it was really hard on your eyes. And then they had a matte mm-hmm. screen, which had an actual physical coating on it that that did kind of what the etch glass does. Um, Apple now is selling products with what they call nano texture, which is super similar. It's same sort of technology, and it works really, really well. It 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 prevents a lot of the glare without a huge, drastic drop to the picture quality. So again, the Steam Deck might be a little bit different. I I've seen Apple products with matte and not, and with uh, nano texture and not side by side, and it is a pretty amazing uh, difference between the two. Not having two Steam Decks, it's really hard to say. But since it's using the same technology, if you play in a, uh, if you plan to play outside, or if you have like a house that is completely glass, like if you somehow, um, I don't know, your house is the uh, live in the house from Ozark, from Ozark, or the uh, the Apple Store in New York by uh, by the, uh, the by Central Park or whatever, where it's all just a glass cube, um, the the etch glass or the nano the nano texture glass is fantastic for that. But if you're going to be playing mostly like in bed or on couch, maybe it's not worth the extra money for you. Um, but it's definitely thinking about uh, it's something something worth thinking about rather because um, cutting down that glare is good, especially if you get headaches with glare like I do. I when the one that I the one that this is the one that Valve sent me, so I like I didn't buy this one. The one that I ordered is the middle one that doesn't have the etched glass, mm-hmm. and I got that middle one because I was I, I was a little non-committal. When it came to this. So I went with the middle of the road. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Having the etched glass, I'm very happy with how it looks. Of course, I like the extra storage as well. But I'm very, very happy with how it looks. And while I'm sure that the other version will have a better looking screen, the idea that I don't have to worry nearly as much about glare is very, very compelling. And I'm I'm happy about that. Now we've talked about this. I probably I think I mentioned this on the show before, but Lloyd and I were talking about like what accessories are you going to get for your Steam Deck? And like one of the things that I said right away is I was going to get a screen protector. And now I'm not going to get a screen protector because the screen protector would essentially kind of get rid of that etching. I mean, it wouldn't get rid of the etching, but it would make it useless, I guess. Yeah. And the, I would get all of those reflections again. And so I would have not only the reflections, but also the poorer screen. And so it would be essentially the worst of both worlds. <laughs> so now I'm not going to do that. If I were going to get one, like it, if I get the middle, middle of the one, like my son keeps asking me for that one. Uh, if I get that middle one, then I would definitely get a screen protector for it because the idea of walking around without a screen protector, boy, that makes me nervous. Yeah. Uh, that makes me real nervous. And if you're somebody who like, like I don't put a screen protector on my phone, I don't put a case on my phone, but my Nintendo Switch, as soon as I got that thing, that's the first thing that I did was I bought a tempered glass screen protector and put it on. Yep. And if I didn't have the edge screen, I would do that. 
Yeah, uh, 100%. I, I'm going to be picking up a glass screen protector for mine uh, because I did not place a pre-order for the 512 version. So uh, when mine comes in, I will want a glass screen protector just to protect the screen. And like you said, Bill, I won't be putting super glare on non-glare and then ruining for everything. Uh, so that, that'll be an okay thing for me to do. Yeah, uh, but, it, you know, long story long, uh, the screen is really nice, and I'm, I'm happy with it. Is it as good as, say, an OLED switch? Well, I ha- I don't have an OLED switch, so I don't know, but I'm assuming absolutely not because it's not OLED. But it's fine. I'm playing games on it, and I'm having an absolute blast. Yep. Um, last, last episode, we were talking about uh, whether or not we were going to put Windows on the Steam Deck, and I ran a poll during the show. That's one of the cool things about being there at the live shows you can participate in these polls and be part of the conversation uh and i said are you installing windows on deck and 81 percent of the people who responded to the poll uh they said no only 18 percent said yes right um and at that time when we ran that poll the uh the windows drivers were not out yet the Windows drivers are now out, and uh, the Fox did a video where he's like, boy, they're not quite there. There's mm-hmm. these problems and those problems, and uh, Linus Tech Tips did a video where they were talking about the the drivers just aren't there. There was huge – I can't believe we didn't add this into the show notes. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Um, there's lots of people who are installing Windows, and they're finding that the games are running much better most of the time right on the steam os and uh that's surprising to i think a lot of people because they have to run they're like their windows games but they're running through the translation layer of proton so lloyd do you want to explain to everybody why the games are actually running better on uh steam os than they are on uh, windows yeah so steam os is a very um cut down version of of linux so it's not like a it's not like your standard windows box that has uh, a million million and one things loaded right after the kernel and sitting in memory and waiting for things um it's very very um cut down and because they're using Proton, which is not an emulator, but we like to say, uh, if you know what an emulator is, this is very similar. Um, what it does is it takes one call for a DirectX thing, converts it over to a uh, a different call for Vulkan, and then it continues to run. And what they're seeing is Vulkan is so um, well-tuned for SteamOS 3 that games are running better on the Linux OS than if you have a a compatible version of Vulkan loaded on your PC at the same time. It it is so, um, I I don't know, it's it's tuned for this device. So it's running really, really well, which is pretty fantastic. So you have have the combination of Proton running these Windows executables, and then you have all the stuff in the background doing all the translation. And it shouldn't work as well as it does. But Damn, does it ever work well? I've watched a lot of videos side by side of games running on Xbox and on PC and on the Steam Deck. And it's, to me, it's super amazing how well these things are running on SteamOS 3. Yeah, SteamOS 3 is really impressive when it comes to just the performance. There's a lot, I mean, Windows is is not designed for gaming. Right. like gaming uses windows a lot but it's not designed for gaming it's designed for a billion things while steam os 3.0 
sure it has a desktop mode and you can browse the internet on it and watch a YouTube video on it. Right. But it's, uh, you can open up a spreadsheet if you want, but it's not designed for that. Yep. It's designed to play games. Like that's its main purpose. It's a bonus purpose on Windows that you can play games. And most, because Windows is so ubiquitous, most publishers and developers really want to target Windows because Mm -hmm. it gives them a wide net to be able to cast. Right. Uh, But because um, SteamOS 3.0 is so laser focused, it's designed with this hardware in mind. It's designed to give you the best gaming experience that it can. Those two things put together means that there's a lot of the extra bloat that gets out of the way and i think that that's that's really good and valve seems really committed to making sure that performance uh on on steam os is as good as they possibly can now we've talked about this before and i'm going to jump ahead in the show notes just a little bit lloyd Mm -hmm. um we talked about like the game that i've been playing the most is Elden Ring on on deck. Um, my son just bought it on his PS5. Uh, right before we started recording, he came in and he was like, I just found a cool samurai build. So <laughs> we've been having an absolute blast playing Elden Ring. Not together, because I don't think that there's cross-play, and he's on PlayStation and I'm on deck. But uh, overall, uh, we've been just having so much fun, like finding a cool thing and then telling the other person about it. Very much reminiscent of like the conversations that were happening around Breath of the Wild when when that game was uh was in its prime 5 years ago and the the like Valve like man I didn't I kind of skipped the bad version of Elden Ring um <laughs> essentially when it came to PC everybody was saying how bad the the PC version was of it. And then I saw that video of somebody with like a double-bladed lightsaber in Elden Ring, and I was like, okay, I got to try this game out. <laughs> so I ended up installing it, but I had installed it after Valve had done this, this patching to make it run really, really well on the Steam Deck. And I watched this Digital Foundry video the other day where they compared how the the uh the most recent patched version of Elden Ring was running on PC to the original version on PC to the Steam Deck version that was that which was patched by Valve and I got to say it was night and day yeah it, 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 I'm going to try and remember to leave a link in the description down below so that you guys can watch that video cuz it was really it was a really interesting video that Digital Foundry did and I'm not one of those guys that's like pixel peeping how many how many uh frames per second am i getting out of this i don't usually care about that right but when you see how different it was it's absolutely nuts it and is. it's because sorry what's what's that no i said it it definitely is it's amazing how well how well it runs with the new version um the the proton um updates that they did to make this game run better yeah, and so let's talk about those Proton updates. And I think I'm seeing, and I'll talk about this in a second, but I think I'm seeing a lot of them. So we've got this uh, quote from Pierre Lugrify. Uh, he works at Valve, uh, working on the Steam Deck, and uh, Digital Foundry reached out to him, and they were they were asking him about this. And here's what he had to say. On the Linux slash Proton side, we have an, a pretty extensive shader pre-caching system with multiple levels of source level and binary cache representations preceded and shared across users. 
on the deck, we take this to the next level. Since we have a unique GPU slash driver combo to target, and the majority of the shaders that you run locally are actually pre-built on servers in our infrastructure, when the game is trying to issue a shader compile through its graphics API of choice, those are usually skipped, and we find the pre-compiled cache entry on disk. So essentially what he's saying is we know this hardware. Our servers and everything have figured out the right shaders that you're going to need. This is the layman's version of this, by the way, because I am very much a layman when it comes to this stuff. And Lloyd will correct me if I get it wrong. But basically, the game's running. It decides I need a shader. It says guess what? You already have one because we've figured it out what you need because we have exact hardware specifications. Use that one instead of making a new one. The game then doesn't have to make a new one, which saves on cycles and makes the game run smoother. Am I getting that right, Lloyd? Kind of, but not exactly. So what shaders basically are is they're small little programs that run to do different things, to, to create smoke or do sparks or do different things. And what will happen is you'll start a modern video game uh, on, say, PC or um, not really consoles so much, but mainly PCs. And they'll be like they'll be hitching. So just for the first little bit or when you get to a new area, there's like a little bit of hitching. And a lot of times what that is caused by is your game is actually compiling these these shaders. They're saying, OK, I want to I want to emit this flame. OK, now I need to know what's running on this system. OK, it has this GPU. It has this. It has that. OK, I've made a shader that will run on that system. OK, the bonus for Steam uh, Steam Deck, rather, and what Valve is doing is they know your CPU, they know your GPU, they know your OS. So they're able to take that that compiling, which isn't a lot, but if you're taking that that compilation off of all these devices, like you're saving millions of megawatts across all these devices of not having to run this compile thing. And instead, it just downloads the pre-compiled version that the game would already be doing. So the game, what the game says is, okay, I need the shader. I need fire emitter one. It goes to compile it. And then um, what Proton is doing, uh, or what I guess what the OS is doing, the Linux thing is saying, okay, yup, it's compiled. But really, it's just loading it right off of disk to to save on that that compilation that happens at runtime. Right. And you've probably, uh, not you, Lloyd, but uh, other people, you've probably experienced this before where you're playing a game and you walk into a new area. And I can't remember exactly when I ran into this, but I used to do this all the time with a certain game. And I can't remember which game it was, but I would go into an area and I would real quick spin the camera around yep. and it would be like a slideshow. But then after I did that, everything was fine exactly. in that in that area yep. and that's essentially i was pre-compiling <laughs> shaders in real time yeah <laughs> yeah you were you were just in time compiling all the shaders but forcing that just in time so it's not popping up when you go to a new area so yeah so mm -hmm. that is a really great thing that they're doing on the steam deck side um you, you don't get a lot of these hitching problems on consoles because a lot of uh, console games are coming with pre-compiled shaders and and other things to prevent that runtime hitching of doing uh the, the compilation of of these like hundreds of little little mini programs that are going to run in your games so Really good, and and like I said, not having to compile is saving those cycles um, that are being used for the compilation, and instead are using it for the game, what the device is made for. So it's kind of the best way to do this, and super smart for Valve to do this. 
Right. And so after I watched that Digital Foundry video that had that quote from Pierre Le Griffay, I happened to be using my Steam Deck and I turned it on. And it was like, hey, this game is patching. And I was like, oh, uh, OK, well, I wonder what other downloads, because it's like every time I turn this thing on, it starts downloading something. And I think that the big reason for that, that I don't notice when it happens on my PC is because my PC is always connected to the Internet and just doing that stuff in the background all of the time. Whereas when you turn off the screen of the Steam Deck, it disconnects from the Internet and is no longer downloading anything um, like ever. So you can't download in the background, which is one of my big complaints about it. Yeah. But there was a, an added benefit that I noticed this. It started downloading and I was like, what other downloads do I have? And I went and looked and I had a download for Elden Ring. I had a download for Valheim, a download for Bioshock Remastered, a download for Rocket League. All of these games were downloading. And when you looked at what it's downloading, it said game content, shader, pre-caching update. And there were a bunch of little right. downloads for all of these different games. And I, I bet that I had a lot of my other games do the same thing. And I just never noticed in the background. Yep. So... Uh, I mean, maybe you don't know the answer, and I certainly don't know the answer. Are these um, shader pre-caching updates, are they coming from Valve? Yeah. Or I mean, I know that the Elden Ring one is, but are these coming from Valve, or are they coming from the devs who are then saying, oh, well, I want I want my game to run better on deck, so I'm going to do a, a pre-caching thing. Right. So I, I'm not sure where the actual co like compiling of these shaders is happening. I would assume that it's just running on Valve servers. Maybe mm -hmm. some of that is coming from the developers directly um, and, and sending it out. Or maybe Valve is running the game and getting all the compiled shaders, figuring them all out, and then bundling them up and um, and sending them out to people. So I, I'm not sure the the method that they're doing it, but it is a really smart way to save on cycles so that hitching that you're getting in games isn't going to happen on deck if it has these shaders pre-compiled or at least not the hitching that is called or that is caused by all these little um compilers firing up and, and making these little mini programs that are running um they run in memory and then they're basically got done at when the game's done running now it's just taking all that stuff and just caching it right on your your deck all the time so that that thing doesn't have to happen. Your game can just do game things, not all these like programming, uh, firing up compilers and compiling all these shaders. It's really quick normally, but there's it's done enough times where it slows your game down. Um, just a, a simple thing for Valve to implement. Obviously, it took them. It's not simple for them to implement it, but it's like a, yeah. it's a simple idea, which is really going to add to the performance on every single deck that is out there because these little compiles aren't going to have to happen anymore, which is really, really smart on Valve's part. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, where we got there is because I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring, another game that I've been playing a bunch of uh, this week and last week. Um, when I had time was uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, which mm. is uh, like the MMO that very much like World of Warcraft, but set in the Star Wars universe. Uh, although more single player friendly, I feel, because the the dungeons are very story heavy, uh, much more so than World of Warcraft dungeons. Like you have cutscenes and stuff where you have to interact with the characters and things like that. And like if Lloyd and I are playing together, we go into a, a cutscene. We both get to choose dialogue options, and then the game rolls a die to see who actually gets to answer the NPC, and then things happen based on that, which is 
it's an amazing experience, very Dungeons and Dragons like. Sure. Uh, but I've been playing that game a bunch because I was making a Steam input um, guide for our, the YouTube channel, uh, which is already up. And I'm sure that a lot of you have probably already watched it. If you haven't, make sure that you check it out because this is one of those games where when you sit down, I remember that the way that I played this back in the day when it first came out is I had my one through uh, equal sign bound to uh, to my abilities, and then I had shift one through the equal sign, and then I had control one through the equal sign, and I had scroll up and scroll down bound to things so that I could use all these different abilities all at once. And it's the it's the kind of game that seems like it is impossible to play with this set of controls without a keyboard. But I'm here to tell you, it's absolutely playable and it works really, really well. And the thing that surprised me most that I never thought of when it comes to these kind of games is the touch screen. Because I was I was like I was making my UI or my my in my Steam input layout. And I was like, oh, I'll bind this button to pulling the left trigger and hitting X. And then this button is pulling the left trigger and hitting Y and doing all that. But then I was like, oh, in most of these MMOs, you have like hot bars on the side that what I would usually do is reach over and click them real quick. Like, oh, I need to use a potion, but I don't have to use a potion like all the time. So I would just click it. Like it would just be ones that I would click off to the side. But I just have them on the side of my screen. And now when I'm playing, I just reach over and tap it with my thumb. So cool. And it's one of those things that I never thought about until I was making the guide. And I was like, oh, a eureka moment. The the touch screen is a game changer for those kind of games. For sure. Like I, I hate touchscreen gaming. I, I used to do it all the time on my phone and iPad. I just hate not having physical buttons. But when I used to use my DS or my Switch, some games will sometimes put those little prompts right on the edge of the screen so you can just reach over and touch the screen. It totally makes sense, but I never even thought of doing that on, on the deck, just like you. Um, but yeah, it, it, like there's so many control possibilities. Like talking to the, uh, with the Fox last week with the, uh, the outside of the ring of the control stick being different than the inside of the thing, and they're both touch-enabled and... There's just a million and one different ways to control games. So if the the default controls aren't good for you, you can just do that all for yourself. Yeah, you can figure it out and set it up the way that you want, which is pretty darn fantastic. Yeah, you know, uh, real quick about the the joysticks. When when he was saying the outer ring, I haven't tested this yet, but I don't. I think that he may have misunderstood what that meant because when you look at the the Steam Deck, um. Well, okay, if you look at the Steam controller, which I've got right here, mm-hmm. um, basically when you're playing on the Steam controller, you can set the edge of the trackpad as the outer ring. Right. And you can say, when I get there, do this. Now, what would you use that for? You would use that for, let's say that I'm using the left pad to be WASD. And when my thumb gets to the edge of that outer ring, hold down shift because now I'm sprinting. Right. Like that's one way that you could use it. And I'm not sure. I haven't tested this because I'm like, it's been a week. It's been, <laughs> well, it's been a weird two weeks. Right. All right. right. Um, 
Actually, it's been a weird month. My wife was in the hospital, then I was in the hospital, then my daughter was in the hospital. Um, everybody's fine, and my daughter just had a baby, so hooray. Uh, but I haven't had a lot of time. And when when this says outer ring, I think the outer ring command is saying when I push the thumbstick all the way to the edge, mm. that's the outer ring. So why would you do that? Well, you could do the same thing that I just talked about where I'm using my thumbstick to control a mouse and keyboard game, WASD on the left thumbstick. And rather than making it so that I have to push shift because maybe I'm playing a game where there's sprinting, I don't want to bind sprint to something. I just want to put it, I want to make it pretend to be an analog control, even though WASD is a digital control. I could bind that to the edge. I'll do a little research and let you guys know on next episode. Uh, Lloyd will keep me honest on that and make sure that I do. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that the outer ring is not the outer edge of the tr- of the thumbstick. I think that the only capacitive part is that that top cap. But, I mean, unless you have tons of experience with the Steam controller, you might not have known that. And you just look at it and say, outer ring? It makes perfect sense that you would assume that's the outer ring of the thumbstick. Right. Well, I got I got derailed there. Did I make sense? You 100% made, made sense. Yep. First time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on and talk about um, this is a weird one. And I think it's an important one for battery saving. Yep. Uh, but Wario64 tweeted this out, and I noticed it as well. Uh, there is now a 15 uh, frames per second limit option available on Steam Deck. In addition to that, uh, they changed the UI of the quick access menu just a little bit. And I'm trying to reach for the Steam Deck again. I don't know why the hell I keep setting it down. (laughs) Um, When you hit that quick access menu button, uh, it brings up all the stuff that you can do on the side. So in addition to this 15 per second, uh, 15 frames per second um, limiter, you also, they added a new performance overlay level. If you don't know what that is, uh, basically, that's the thing. I'm going to bring it up on screen. For the people who are listening, I apologize. And my autofocus is not going to cooperate right now because I, I, I've got it set to manual focus. So you can see all this stuff on the left side of my screen. If you watched any videos about the Steam Deck uh, and like benchmarks and stuff, I guarantee that you've seen this menu on the side. Uh, in addition to the 15 frame per second uh, limiter. They also added another overlay level that is just your frames per second. That's great. Which is awesome because there were a couple times where I was playing a game and I was like, I wonder how this is running. Like, because most of the time I don't really care as long as the game feels nice, but I was like, oh, well, I wonder if I can turn this up and what kind of impact does a changing this setting do to the game? And so I would do that, and then I would bring up this overlay and see. But there's a lot of crap on this overlay that I just don't care about. Sure. So switching it over to the first one, which just puts the frames per second in the corner, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the frame limit. They yeah. they got 15, 30, and 60. Mm-hmm. Now, 60, obviously, that's, like, ideal if you can. If you can't, then you've got your 30, and that's how I've been playing Elden Ring, and it's been working great. And... uh a lot of games don't try and do an emulator in 30 frames per second. It does not work. Like the game will be like freaking out and you're not sure why check your quick access menu, make sure that you're not uh, limiting the frame rate to 30 frames per second. 
Right. And then the 15. Lloyd. Yeah. Why do you think they put in the 15 per, uh, frames per second limit option? I think um, for a couple method or a couple of reasons, um, if you want to say battery, uh, 15 frames uses a, a little bit less than, say, half the power of, say, 30 frames. Um, obviously, it's not going to be exactly half. But if you're if you're on a trip and it's a four hour trip and you look at you look at your performance, it's like, OK, I'm only going to get two and a half hours playing this game if I do 30 frames drop down to 15 maybe you might get that four hours which is great um, but there's also a lot of games where you don't really need 30 or 60 frames a second like if you are watching tv like what i like to do when i play jrpgs for example especially like a dragon quest or something where there's a lot of grinding i watch tv and i just keep hitting a or hitting x or hitting <laughs> b or whatever it is and i just hitting it or hold it down or whatever um, but if I could do that and not have my my deck uh, sound like it, it, the fans are are spinning up or um, or my battery going to die, I could I could watch like a whole hockey game, uh, which is usually around th- two and a half to three hours while grinding in Dragon Quest and barely using any battery life. So I, I think it, I think it's good. Probably a lot of people are going to look at that um, and scoff. In fact, the the top t- uh, reply to this tweet from Wario64 is, wow, Valve's really trying to compete with uh, the Switch now with the 15 frames a second, which made me kind of laugh. That's a, that's actually a good It is dig. funny. I like that one. I like that dig. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a Nintendo fan. You can see behind me. So it's not that I hate Nintendo, but that's, that's a funny joke. But um, I, I don't think a lot of people are going to want to reduce games to 15. Like if you're playing the latest and greatest, 15 frames is going to look terrible. But if you're playing an old JRPG or uh, like Sim City or The Sims or, or a game that really isn't like a graphical powerhouse, playing at 15 frames a second is a perfect way to keep the heat down, the fans down and your battery life up, which is a good thing on a portable device like the Steam Deck. Yeah, I'm looking. I was while he, Lloyd was talking. I was listening, but I was also looking through my my library at games that what you know would I want to play that game at you know that few frames per second. Mm-hmm. The original Fallout. Oh yeah, that would be for perfect. Sure. Like for that sure. game always kind of felt janky as you were playing. It would almost be um, what's the word I'm looking for um more accurate i guess (laughs) i don't know (laughs) but there's lots of games where there's just not a lot of movement on the screen as well and just not even just saving i mean obviously yes to save battery but if there's very little movement happening on the screen like maybe with papers please uh like that kind of game where you're just kind of slowly interacting with something 15 frames per second, that's brilliant. It's really smart. I never would have said, hey, Valve, can you put a 15 frames per second limiter on this device? Mm-hmm. I never would have thought of that, but they did. And that's 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 really smart. It, it is. Like, there there's, like, visual novels. There's there's whole game genres that, oh, yeah. that you really don't need 60 frames a second or 30 frames a second. So might as well save the, the CPU uh, cycles and keep your battery usage down and limit those games to 15. Yeah. All right. Let's move on and talk about keyboards. Um, the the 512 version comes with uh, this keyboard, which I'm going to try and uh, bring up on the screen right now. So nice. Uh, I really like the way that it looks. It's awesome. But you can get other keyboards for it. And uh, Valve uh, posted or, or uh, put a bunch of new keyboards out for sale. And somebody hears, you know, you hear that. 
and you think, oh no, how much does it cost for key, uh, for for these keyboards? Well, it costs points in their shop. Now, Lloyd, yeah, I don't know if you know the answer to this off the top of your head. How many points do you have? Uh, I think I have like 32,000 points or something. I, I looked recently cause I bought a bunch of like flair and, and junk. Um, so that's the only reason why I know, cause I don't think they make it, um, visible in the UI in a place where, where I would expect it to be. Okay. Um, I have close to 70,000, um, <laughs> because I think that the points system is just stupid. Like, I looked in there like three times and I was like, I'm not going to use any of this crap. <laughs> and so as I looked through it, I nothing was appealing to me. I bought like two emotes, which I never use because I never talk to anybody through Steam. Like we just use Discord or I send a text message to somebody. Talking to people through Steam is not something that we usually do. Right. So most of this stuff was just kind of lost on me. So I had... I had 70,000 points. Well, it costs about 5,000 points for a keyboard. So if I wanted to, for now, because I'm sure what's going to happen is uh, they'll keep pumping out keyboards and I'll eventually run out of points. But I could, if I wanted to, go through and buy all of the keyboards. Right. Um, I think they look really cool. And I, I like, I really like that they are putting them on the point shop. Yeah. What I wish that they would do and this is not for me, but for everybody else, I wish that they would put them on the point shop and make them for sale so that if somebody doesn't have points, right. they don't have to do some stupid like workaround in order <laughs> to get the like, all right, I got to do get, break out my calculus and I got a graphing calculator and figure <laughs> out how many what what do I have to buy in order to get enough points so that I can just sell me a keyboard right. for money. But I love that we have the option to buy it through points. I think that that's fantastic. The Any of these jump out at you as ones that you want to buy? I like Spectrum. I really like it. I also like digital because it reminds me of like Fallout, like a Pip-Boy um, style. Mm -hmm. Or if you have the old, uh, the green CRTs that used to use back in the day, those, those are really cool. The nice thing about the points is when you're buying a Steam Deck, you're getting like 50 to 80,000 points when you buy your Steam Deck. So <laughs> oh, that's right. So pretty much everybody can buy all the keyboards with their points there. This may be just a good way to get rid of those points that people are getting for buying a $500 purchase from Steam instead of a $40 game. You know, speaking of like old MMOs, they all had gold sinks. Yes. They had they had to have something to empty your wallet so that you didn't walk around with 8 million gold in your pockets yep. and able to buy anything that you want. So they would be like, here's a mount that has <laughs> a purple uh, saddle on it. And that mount costs 2 million gold just in order to make it so the economy just didn't keep getting crazier and crazier. Right. Uh, so that that's actually pretty smart. I forgot that we would get, because I didn't get any of those. I didn't buy this, so I didn't get those points. That 70000 that I have, I, I assume that's from buying games over time yep. because I just never spend them. That's probably what it is. Yeah, I think you get like 100 points per dollar, I think it is um maybe different parts of the world that uh that that changes based on it so you can get a lot of good points just shopping a steam sale um to get all the way up so yeah um good good like you said a money sink that's perfect i, I love the fact that they're not charging like five dollars a keyboard or something ridiculous uh five thousand points seems attainable yeah i think 
I I like that it's points, but I think two bucks a keyboard would be fine. Yeah, sure. Uh, if 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 that's an option, right? I don't want them to switch over away from points. I just want I just want an option for people who don't want to have to you know get an abacus in order to figure this stuff out. Right. Definitely. All right. Let's move on and talk about. Um, you know, I keep mentioning MMOs, Final Fantasy fourteen. You know, when Gabe was walking around handing out uh, Steam decks, uh, everybody found out that he plays a white mage. Uh, full transparency, I also play a white mage in Final Fantasy fourteen, And Final Fantasy fourteen has been listed as unsupported for a while. Right. But I've been playing it right up until um, Square Enix decided that they wanted to make sure that every Steam account... Everybody who's playing on Steam, which that's me, I was always playing it on Steam, uh, but everybody who's playing it on Steam had merged their account with, like, if you don't play Final Fantasy, that's going to be weird, but the Moogle Station. So you had to kind of, like, merge your accounts together, your Square Enix account and your Steam account. And they made that change recently. And when they did, you would think because they're merging with Steam stuff, that it would work, but now that game is no longer compatible, and I cannot get it to work. Uh, I tried it myself. I did see somebody, like, right before Lloyd and I started recording, had posted that they had found a workaround. Um, I don't know about that. I haven't had, I didn't have a chance to look at that, but I cannot play it on, on deck anymore, which is, like, hey, Square, that might be enough to get me to unsub. Like, I was really hoping to put a lot of hours into Final Fantasy XIV on deck. And now that I can't, I don't know that I want to sit at this desk and play it. Right. You know what I mean, Lloyd? Yeah, 100%. Like, I I was playing a lot of games on this PC for a while. Uh, I've found that playing in my computer area is so uncomfortable. So I have no plans to play PC games anymore in this this room when, as soon as I get my Steam Deck. Um, I can f- totally understand why you wouldn't want to go back to playing on PC for Final Fantasy fourteen. Hopefully they can get this work workaround um, or a more permanent workaround so it isn't a workaround um, release soon because I know a lot of people play the game. Uh, from what I understand, Bill, it's a pretty popular MMO. So maybe there's a lot <laughs> of people is. that might be disappointed if it's not no longer working on the Steam Deck. Yeah, and somebody might be wondering what like why is there an issue with it? I guess it has something to do with they replaced the old launcher with a new launcher and the new launcher is incompatible. Square, stop using launchers. Like just <laughs> like I can't stand launchers and I know that it's they're like a mainstay of MMO, but of, of of MMOs, but I cannot stand launchers. Just when I start your game, just start the game. Don't do that extra layer of uh, ridiculousness. And Square loves their launchers. Right. You know, you even playing like uh, Final Fantasy IX on PC, it will open up a launcher where you can adjust your your like resolution and stuff. You can't do it in game for some reason. So, like, you have to do all the adjustments through the launcher, then close the launcher and restart the game. Right. Very irritating. Not the right way to do it. Just make a commitment, Square. Get rid of launchers. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's talk about, speaking of launchers, this is not really speaking of launchers. Uh, it's just tangentially related to launchers, and that's epic. Um, uh, at G Matrix Dev. Uh, who it looks like they're a secondary account for G Matrix Games. They make uh, they make stuff. They they were looking at the 
commits. If you don't know what a commit is, if you're a program, if you're if you're not a programmer, basically what programmers do is they write a bunch of code and then they say commit this to whatever their like server structure is. I'm, again, layman stuff. Yeah, storage. What's re- that? A storage repo usually is what you would call it, or or a code repo. Right. So you commit that, so then other people who are working with you on that code can say, oh, okay, well, I can pull that, and it has the latest stuff. Or it looks like Lloyd has done these two changes yet, but he hasn't committed them, and so when I pull, I'm going to not get those commits. Like It allows people to multiple people to work on the same project. Uh, there's more to it than that, but yeah. layman's terms. Sure. Um, Garrett said, in a recent commit, Epic has added official Steam Deck and SteamOS support into the Win64 platform for Unreal Engine 5. So I, not really related to the launcher. A lot of people were seeing this. that They only saw Epic, and they thought, oh, this is about getting Epic Game Store stuff on SteamOS. That's not what this is about. This is about Unreal Engine 5, which is made by Epic Games. What are your thoughts on this, Lloyd? Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool to see. It, it there's not much to it right now. Um, uh, Garrett G Matrix Dev says uh, this is uh, for using the game launcher for development um, when you're using a dev kit style build. Um, so it's not it's not like you you build a game and then you hit a button and all of a sudden it made a Steam Deck optimized version. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a step in the right direction. Um, like. When Stadia was new, it took a long time for that to be added to like Unreal or um, or Unity. And when that happened, a lot of more a lot more developers were able to then just easily take their code and work on it on those platforms. So it'll be similar for for Steam Deck. Hopefully, what this allows developers to do in the future is to access some of the um, the the controls a little bit better. So to be able to read what people are doing from the various touch um, to the to touch screen and and that without using Steam input, maybe the developer doesn't like using Steam input for whatever reason. Um, maybe build some of that stuff into it. Um, specific builds for the uh, the screen size and and things like that. It, it's probably just going to make it easier for developers to have a um, I don't know like a I don't want to say template because that's not the word I'm looking for, but my brain is fried today after a long day at work. So um, it's just going to allow them to hopefully um, code better for that device, sense that device while they're using Unreal Engine. So right now it's not doing anything. Hopefully in the future that will be a thing. Yeah, no matter what, it's always a step in the right direction to get to, to get the people who are making these engines to support the platforms that the like new platforms that's always a step in the right direction, and I like that. Yep. All right. Let's move on and talk about Xbox Cloud Gaming. Yep. Um, for this, I will say that I have not tested this. Lloyd and I were writing show notes for the show, and this came up, and so I have not had a chance to mess around with this. Mm-hmm. But uh, Catherine uh, Gluckstein, or Gluckstein, I don't know how it's pronounced, who is the head of product and strategy for Xbox Cloud, Uh, She tweeted this out. She said, we worked closely with our friends at Valve to support xCloud, Xbox Games Pass, through Microsoft Edge for the Steam Deck. And then they linked to a Reddit thread on the uh, Microsoft Edge subreddit. This is an official post from Microsoft, um, which is really important for me to say because there is command line stuff that you have to do to get this to work 
And had if this was not from Microsoft, I absolutely would not run command line stuff unless I know unless you know what you're doing. Right. Because you could seriously screw some stuff up in Linux command line if like somebody just tells you to type in a thing and you just copy paste it in, right. you could screw something up. Yeah. Uh, so Lloyd, talk about this real quick. Yeah, so uh, what they're doing here is they're using Flatpak. So you can just go into your your Steam uh, desktop mode, and you can run a command to actually grab that application bundle uh, from um, wherever it is and install it that way. So uh, pretty cool for them to do that. Um, A a follow-up tweet from uh, Pierre-Luc. Griffey also said, big thanks to the Google Chrome team for working with us on fixing controller input as part of this. The change is now in Chrome beta as well and continue to make its way into stable release. So we have um, a way to install Microsoft Edge and play Xbox Game Pass through Microsoft Edge. And also the Chrome beta is getting closer, closer to release, which will make... um, Probably Xbox, uh, Game Pass through the cloud streaming, Stadia, and GeForce Now completely playable through browser on the Steam Deck, which is which is amazing. It's good to see all these companies come together, put their heads together, and get some working solutions instead of just saying, "Nope, we're not supporting your product." If you want to play this game, buy an Xbox or or buy a, a whatever. Um, it's really nice to see, and it's. It just it continues like we've talked about this so many times, Bill, that Valve is is developing this device differently. They're being collaborative. They're giving back to the open source community. They they want to be as open as possible. And now they're working with every other company, it seems like, to get their stuff working on the device. Um, Just amazing to see because I'm used to talking about the games industry and it's very much uh, walled islands. Uh, They can't even see their neighbors because the walls are so high. Um, This is definitely not happening for Steam Deck. Yeah. And once the, like I've said, I don't know if I've said it on this show before. I might've said it on Stadia cast or or not Stadia cast, but I think I, okay. I don't know when I've said it, but I've definitely (laughs) said it to Lloyd before. Right. Um, That I think that the Venn diagram of people who are interested in the Steam Deck and people who are interested in, say, GeForce Now, mm-hmm. that that Venn diagram has a lot of overlap, I think. And maybe that's not you. Maybe you're on one side of that or the other, and that's totally fine. But I think that there's a lot of overlap in that Venn diagram. And I can just see, like, once the once the official doc comes out, I can see taking my Steam Deck with me, playing a game, plugging it into my dock having it come up on my uh in in desktop mode on my 4k screen or whatever and then saying all right let's launch that game that i was just playing uh thanks to steam cloud saves on geforce now right and play it on geforce now on the 3080 tier that is like i mean if we could just get all all publishers to sign on with geforce now uh, because there's no work for them to do it. Yeah. It would just be absolutely an amazing experience. Yeah. And I would love to have that experience. Uh, that's not going to happen until that Chrome stuff comes all the way through. Yeah. Uh, and I think that it would just be really fantastic. So much. So fantastic. Like Pierre Lou said that uh, three hours ago uh, when I read his his reply, um, which is 
I mean, that's not a too long ago. Wait, this is is that the same Valve person? Yeah, it must be. Uh, he he's not verified. So is it I flag man. Yeah. So I thought he was yeah, verified before. I thought he was verified before, and this was just a fake account, but mm-hmm. it doesn't appear to be. Um, this plague man too is what it says. So maybe not. Anyway, yeah, I think that's him. Either way, it doesn't really matter. The fact that they're talking that it's it's moving its way up to stable soon, it's continuing to make its way to stable, means that in the future we'll be able to do how long can you play Stadia on your on your full charge <laughs> Steam Deck, right? How long can you play GeForce now? Like, it, if you can get two hours while playing the latest, uh, I don't know, Far Cry game on your Steam Deck... Or you could get six hours by streaming it to your Steam Deck. I'd rather play that way because I have decent Wi-Fi in my house. Obviously, everyone's mileage may differ and this might not work for you. Uh, But this is one of my major plans for my Steam Deck is to play a lot of local games, but also stream from Xbox, Stadia, and GeForce Now and not overtax my cpu and gpu on this device i'm just going to decode the h264 or vp9 stream that's coming down to me that's a lot less mm-hmm. work on my device which means that hopefully the battery will last a lot longer yeah i it, you know i've heard a lot of people complain about the battery boy i mean yes the battery you can chew through the battery fairly quickly but you, if you're playing a, a modern triple a game on a 400 dollars portable yeah i think that that's fairly okay like, I think that that's fair. Right. And honestly, could they put a, a bigger battery in this? Absolutely, they could. Mm-hmm. But then it'd be heavier. Yeah. And I don't want it to be any heavier. It feels, this thing feels really good. Making it heavier, I think, would have been a mistake. And you could always just bring a battery backup with you. Not a battery backup, a battery. What am I thinking of? What's it called? Charger? Uh, yeah, bat- charger. A battery. You could bring a battery charger with you and plug it in. Um, honestly, when I play the games, I tend not to play them for more than an hour at a time anyway, because I'm an old man. I got, I'm a grandpa. I got things to do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with you. And I think the battery that they stuck in there, well, I'd love it to be bigger. Um, they've, they've optimized space, weight and battery life. Uh, I think they did a pretty decent job. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about uh, this humble bundle, which Lloyd told me about when we were when we were prepping show notes. He said, "Hey, did you see that humble bundle?" And I said, "No." And I'm going to be buying it uh, later on today. Right. Um, this is called the Stand with You. Uh, well, if you don't know what Humble Bundle is, they are essentially a website that sells Steam keys for ridiculously low prices in these big bundles, and they sp- send most of the money to charity, which is amazing. I bought. A lot of humble bundles, which is probably where I got most of my seventy thousand Steam points from, <laughs> um, and I'm about to buy this one too. This one's already raised two million dollars for charity. There was another bundle that was on. Itch, itch, do you remember what? The, yeah, it's Itchio. No, Itchio. Yeah, thank itchio. you. Yeah. Now those weren't Steam keys, and so I was like, I don't know if I'm. I, I, that one had more games in it. Yeah, uh, I thousand. think it was like a thousand games in it. Uh, but those were not Steam keys, and I know that there's like it's DRM free or whatever. But I'm, I just I didn't want to have to have yet another avenue. I just like to buy my games through Steam. It's always been the way that I've done it on PC. So this one was absolutely interesting to me. It's got 123 games in it. It's forty dollars. Um, I'm we're obviously not going to list through all of the games, but let's let's just talk about a few of the games that uh, stand out 
to us. Um, for me, I'm going to say the first one, Satisfactory. Yeah. I've never played it. I've seen people playing it many times. It looks incredibly fun. Uh, this is definitely a game that I'm interested in. Have you played Satisfactory? Uh, no, my son used to watch a YouTuber that made all these crazy contraptions in Satisfactory. So I've watched a lot of people play it. I've never played it myself. It was always a game that I was going to pick up down the road on Steam. I've already picked it up because I bought the bundle. So now I own a copy of Satisfactory, <laughs> which is great. Um, but yeah, it's got a, a, like just a bunch of amazing games in it. Um, the Spyro Reignited Trilogy. So for people that don't like um, shooty bang bang games, but they like kind of the old school platformers. Um, great three game set that is in here. Sunset Overdrive. Fable Anniversary, which is a Microsoft title, uh, which is weird to see in this bundle, but it's great. Metro Exodus. Like there's... I was going to say a million games, but obviously that is not true. There's a hundred and some odd games, hundred over 120. But um, I guess the game that I'm mo- most excited about checking out um, is Kerbal Space Program, because that's another game that my son plays uh, just all the time. He 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 posts on the Reddit. He he makes crazy contraptions and and missiles and rockets and and planes and you name it uh i've never played it but i've always wanted to well now i own it on steam so i'm definitely going to be checking that one out on my steam deck if it will run yeah and then there's um so a a couple other games that jump out at me uh i've heard a lot of really good things about slay the spire i think i'm i might have that on xbox through like game pass or something but it's going to be portable now and that's always a huge selling point for me yeah uh, being able to sit and play it anywhere and not be tied to a device. Metro Exodus, which I have on Stadia, which is great, um, but I'm very interested to see how that game would perform on the Steam Deck. Right. Um, scrolling through here, I know that there's a lot of people who are disappointed that Advance Wars 1 and 2 was is delayed mm-hmm. again. Wargroove, if you've not played Wargroove, very inspired by advanced wars i think that you'll really enjoy that if you've been looking forward to that and uh, on the show before i talked about pathway as this really cool turn-based strategy game with a 16-bit um art style and aesthetic uh that has an indiana jones feel to it at the same time uh that's also in there and like like i said before a hundred and whatever games in this list for 40 bucks absolutely awesome and then exactly. there's a bunch of like uh, tabletop RPG books that you can also get in there. And, you know, we talked about uh, programming and stuff earlier. Yep. They have programming books and yep. videos that you can get by signing on to this. And all of the all of the money is donated to the Ukraine humanitarian relief efforts, which is just fantastic. Definitely. I cannot say enough good things about Humble Bundle. And this is uh, 100% going to be purchased by me. <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing. Like when I when I sent the link to you, um, they had raised like 2.2 million Canadian dollars because I'm I'm in Canada, so it automatically does that conversion. It's already up over three million Canadian dollars. So oh, wow. it, it, like it's it, this is selling like crazy, and it's gonna it's gonna continue to sell like crazy. There, there's just a a crazy uh, collection of games. Back for Blood. That's going to be a fun game to play co-op um, on our deck. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I love it. I can't wait to uh, play all these games on my Steam Deck. Um, and it is a great bundle for a really great cause. So definitely go check that out over at HumbleBundle.com. 
Yeah, and the thing about back, back for Blood is it's a shooter, and Lloyd can leave the gyroscope off, and I can turn the gyroscope <laughs> on, and we can both have it the way that we want. Like like the old days of the 90s with Burger King, where you could have it your way, as yeah. they would always say. Exactly. <laughs> I was going for a burger thing. I was going for like Hardee's or whatever, the one that you can you can say exactly all the toppings you want, or Harvey's or whatever it's called. I see commercials for it. I don't think I've ever eaten there in my entire life. Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. does that we don't have that up here in winnipeg oh okay um but there's like harvey's or something which does that anyway it doesn't really matter um this is a great bundle you can play a bunch of these games on your steam deck and who doesn't want another 100 games in their steam library that uh is going to make their pile of shame just that much sadder <laughs> uh don't don't mention the backlog boy <laughs> the backlog is i i bought a terabyte um sd card for my steam deck and i went through and i downloaded all kinds of stuff on this thing uh currently on the on my steam deck right now i'm going to my storage where's storage um my internal drive i've got uh 96 gigs free uh the rest is full and then my micro my micro sd card i've got 682 gigabytes free okay and I have 37 games on this thing. And I'm talking games like Elden Ring, Monster Hunter Rise, um, The Witcher 3, uh, Skyrim, so little Final Fantasy 14. Like giant, giant games are on this thing. Uh, and I can take them with me and never play them wherever I want. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, you have a <laughs> nice collection of small little indies. I can't believe they're taking up that much space with like your Skyrim <laughs> and Elden Ring and all that. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Um, this is a great bundle. Definitely go check it out. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, let's wrap up the show with what's on deck. We always like to talk about the games that are that are um, tweeting out that they're working on deck. And we've got this one from The Ascent. Uh, the ascent. Uh, you played the ascent, right, Lloyd? Yeah, I, the the first and second map, I think, is all I went through. Like, or first and second level, I didn't get too too far in it. It was one that I wanted to play multiplayer, and it just never happened with uh, with my friend group. They didn't want to play this game for whatever reason. They jumped into other stuff. So I will play this on my deck, I'm sure, because I still want to play through this game. Yeah, if you don't know what it is, it's kind of a looter shooter. Uh, but it's from the top-down version, and there's a cover system, which is really cool. Uh, I, I struggle. It like it, it plays like a twin-stick shooter, yep. uh, but it has that cover system. So like you can go into cover and then shoot over the cover like in uh, Gears, Gears of War. Gears, yeah. If, yeah, like Gears of War. I struggle with this game. I, I think it's really I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. My brain has trouble dealing with the cover when I am looking at things from above. Mm. And so I really had a hard time with this game. I played it on Game Pass because it was on Game Pass, so I didn't have to pay for it. Right. Uh, but it is currently 40% off as of the time that, uh, that I'm uh, recording this. It's currently 40% off on Steam. Only until the 7th, uh, un- so that's already passed. Oh, oh, no. Okay. All right. Well, I lied. I'm a liar, and there you go. <laughs> But they love being on the Steam Deck so much that they put a Steam Deck in 
their game. That's the coolest part. Uh, they, I guess in the game, you have a cyber deck. I don't remember that from when I played the game. I guess your UI is coming from there or whatever. Um, but yeah. but it, it's replaced with whatever weird device that they had, and they replaced it with an actual Steam Deck. Maybe they even took the, uh, the uh, um, what was it, the um the the design that valve put up um for like cad programs <laughs> the cad maybe, files. <laughs> maybe they took the cad files and imported it into blender and made the 3d object um so that would that would be a really great story uh if if that is indeed what happened probably didn't but that would be really cool uh, but it's always neat when you see a representation of a game device inside of a game it's uh you kind of want to point at it like uh, uh like um uh, leo uh that 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 gif of leo um yeah it's kind of like that yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I let you down on whether or not this game was on sale. I, I, I lied to you about that. So what I'm going to tell you instead is that there is currently a JRPG sale and I'm looking at it right now. Uh, this episode, we're recording this on the 18th. It comes out the 21st. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so by the time you watch this, it might be over, and Probably I will, will feel be. bad yet again. It, it but will be. <laughs> I think it ends it at be. 10 a.m. Pacific. So damn it! Yeah, it'll be it'll be done. Um, unfortunately. All right. Well, there's a lot of really good games on sale. That's one of the reasons that I'm so excited for the Steam Deck is because of all the ridiculous sales, so I can buy games and never play them. Like <laughs> Monster Hunter Stories Two, which is essentially Pokemon, but in the Monster Hunter world, I've heard nothing but fantastic things about that. That's 34 percent off right. as of when we're recording this. Valkyria Chronicles Two is ten, or I'm sorry, Valkyria Chronicles Four is only ten dollars. Yeah. Lloyd has heard me gush about that game a million times. I have Valkyria Chronicles 1 installed on my deck right now. Nice. So. Uh, Cro- <laughs> Chrono Trigger, the uh, the redone version, is 10 bucks on on the deck, which is great. Which, the weirdest thing, that game was just updated after four <laughs> years. Four years yeah. of no updates, and Square Enix is like, uh, yeah, we're going to update the game. Oh, well, well how are you going to update it? Ultra-wide monitors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can, can I, what can a you, weird thing! So clearly, I can make the fonts bigger, right? Nope, nope. But you, you can, you can play it on ultra wide monitors. All right, that's exactly what I wanted in a in a Super Nintendo uh, uh, JRPG that I'm playing on my PC. I, I'm sure it looks fantastic in ultra wide. I'm sure that it's a really cool experience. The number of people who have ultra wide monitors on Steam, I'm sure that somebody in chat will let, or either in chat right now or. In the comment section down below, we'll look on there and they'll say, oh, Bill, uh, this is the percent of people that have ultra wide monitors. And I'm guessing it's a really, really low number. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I Would it even be a percent? I don't even think so. I think it would be a fraction of a percent. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Yeah. Tell us how we're wrong, if for no other reason than for the algorithm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything that you want to add before we we wrap up episode sixteen of On Deck, Lloyd? I don't think so. This is a this is a good show. It's it's great that the deck is out now, um, and the way that they're doing it with the slow release, it means that there's a steady trickle of news and cool things to talk about as more people get to experience their device. Um, so, well, people don't like waiting. Um, it's good for for people like us that are doing a podcast. We got lots of stuff to talk about. All right, well, that's everything for this episode of On Deck. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's a super exciting time. I know that there's a lot of people out there that are just waiting. They're champing at the bit to get their hands on the Steam Deck. And I'm, I'm 
look, I know it doesn't mean much coming from somebody who has one in their hand, but <laughs> it's on the way. You're going to get yours, and you've got a lot to be excited about. I'm telling you, this device is changing the gaming industry, in my opinion. Anyway, thanks for watching On Deck Episode 16. We will see you guys another day.